0: At the time of this recording, Running Form Academy is officially open, but not for long. Doors actually close on June 29th. So if you're ready to increase your mileage and your speed with less fatigue and less injuries this year, you need to improve your running form. I'm not talking about trying random cues or tips that you found online that might not even work. I'm talking about a full body approach because running is a full body workout. It's a full body movement. So if you can improve your running form from head to toe, you're going to be able to run more efficient and an efficient runner is a fast runner and a smart runner. Go ahead and click the link in the show notes to get started and get instant access. I'm also throwing in three main bonuses. One of them is to master the hills. So if you are struggling with inclines or declines or you have a hilly race coming up, you want to make sure that you go through this mini course because it explains exactly what you need to do to tweak your running form throughout the hills and it gives you exercises in case you are struggling with those hills. It also includes a breathing bonus. I know that breathing and activating my diaphragm has really improved my running, has helped me decrease my heart rate when I'm running, so I want to give you all the goods that have helped me with my running, but also just being able to activate your core and your pelvic floor because that is all connected to the diaphragm. The last bonus is to improve your speed this year. Talk about a powerful bonus, no pun intended, because as you increase your power, you increase your speed. So this mini bonus explains what you need to do to improve your speed and also gives you the exercises that you need to implement so your body can produce more power And therefore, run faster. So, if you're stuck or you feel like you've plateaued, you want to make sure that you get into Running Form Academy and go through these bonuses. Yes, you get all three bonuses when you sign up. I'll see you inside. Welcome, friend. I'm so excited you're back at Rehab for Runners. And today, we're going to be breaking down injury prevention into all the different topics that come with injury prevention. So, I know as a physical therapist, one main goal after you get out of rehab or maybe after you've had a history of injuries is always how can I prevent this from happening in the future? And I think that's a great question. I really think if you are not rehabbing an injury or going through therapy to um, get rid of pain or decrease your pain, then you need to be prehabbing, which means preventing that injury from coming back on. Little disclaimer, though, running is a sport. And with sports, you can get injured. So don't think that you can prevent every injury from happening. But I think the cool thing about running is one, it's not contact. You're not cutting, you're not going left and right and speeding up and slowing down like you would in football or soccer. So A lot of the injuries that come on are common overuse injuries. They're not traumatic most of the time. Now, sometimes that is the case, but most of the time they happen over a period of time as they gradually get worse and worse. Now, injuries I'm talking about here are shin splints, plantar fasciitis, posterior tib pain, runner's knee, hip pain, low back pain. Most of the time it's coming on as you increase mileage or as you increase speed. I know when I first started running and first started training for a race, I mean, I made so many mistakes, which I am grateful for now because then I can help you to not make these same mistakes. Even though I was a physical therapist at the time, I was like two months out of school, so I was basically still a student. But what would happen, I guess this was over... Five years ago, what would happen is when I would start running, and it really happened right when I would take my first couple steps, I'd lace up my shoes, do my dynamic warm-up, which was basically a couple exercises here and there, nothing too serious, and I would start running and I would get this pain in the back of my left knee, and it would basically wrap around to the lateral side of my knee, and it would eventually shoot down into my foot. And it would almost like bypass my Achilles and my ankle just shoot right into the bottom of my foot and my foot would go numb. And it was the weirdest sensation because right when I would stop running, it would go away. And when this happened, I went through everything that you've probably done where I have rested it for two weeks and I iced it and I foam rolled the heck out of it and I got it dry needled and I tried new shoes and nothing worked nothing worked. And then I started praying and I started crossing my fingers and nothing worked. So it was really, really frustrating. So I will say, if you are starting to have any sort of pain, discomfort, anything like that, you want to make sure you jump on it quickly rest is not the answer anymore. New shoes doesn't hurt to try with some new shoes, but that's usually not going to fix the problem for why the pain is actually coming on. So fast forward, probably two years, I took a lot of time off from running after that. I basically dropped out of my race, I turned into a couch potato. And I eventually, months later, started lifting weights because I was like, I can strength train and not have this pain. And I need to do something because I'm just basically turning into a couch potato. So I have to do something. So let me start strength training. And months and months, probably six months later, I got back into running again. And the pain wasn't there. And as I started getting more addicted to running, I started running more and more. I realized I have to do everything in my power to make sure this pain does not come back on. So I was basically in the prehab phase. I was in the preventative phase. I think strength training really helped. That was basically my rehab, I guess you could say, because it really helped to fix any imbalances that were going on. Basically, my posterior chain, like my calves and my hamstrings and my glutes were really, really weak. And the joint right under my knee was hypermobile because of those imbalances. And it basically pinched on the nerve that runs behind my knee. And that is not an injury I have ever seen before. It's not an injury I've seen since. I've had that pain. But going through the rehab process actually for me was strength training, only because I really waited a very long time to do the rehab process. But now that I was back into running, I was more in that prehab phase. And I realized, okay, I have to do everything in my power to prevent these injuries from coming on. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is all the different ways that you can prevent injuries from coming on, Because let's face it, you want to keep running for miles and miles to come, whether it's for your mental health or your physical health or your competitive side. I want to make sure that you can keep running. So let's dive in. So the first topic of injury prevention is strength training. Of course, I think every runner should strength train. I don't care how experienced or non-experienced you are. I think every runner should strength train, but not just any workout because there's a bazillion workouts online right now. And not all of them are created for runners, and I think that's where strength training can get a little too general. I think runners need to be strength training with exercises that are specific to running. I think you need to work muscles that are specific to running. When you run, you're working on your endurance. You're not working on your strength, and that's where strength training can really fill the gap with how strong you feel during your run and also that injury prevention side. You can work on different movement patterns that might feel weaker, such as a hip hinge or a single leg squat, because you know I love those two. You can also work on stability work, strength work, and plyo work, because those three are all very important to be doing when you're strength training. So it shouldn't just be isolated Um, muscle groups that are only those powerhouse muscles. You need to also work those smaller stability muscles. You also need to work the power side of those powerhouse muscles. So just doing squats and just doing lunges is not going to cut it for a majority of runners. I recommend that runner strength train two to three times a week. And your weight selection is really just dependent on you. That's something that is pretty darn specific to you as an individual because it's going to depend on a couple of different factors. So the first factor is your experience. If you have not strength trained before, you're obviously not recommended to go lift really heavy weights. You want to be focusing on getting those movement patterns down, working on your quality of movement over quantity, which means that you're working on how you're moving through those exercises. Make sure you're doing them correctly versus just knocking out 30 reps and moving on, just checking it off the list. Okay, so the other factor really just depends on what phase you're in if you're training for a race or if you're in the phase of trying to just build more muscle at this time, that's really going to depend on what weight you're lifting. Because if you're training for a race, you don't want to be lifting a weight that's too heavy for you because you're just going to be really, really sore after that run or after that workout and then be too sore for your run. Because if you're training for a race, running is your priority. So just keep that in mind. The second thing that you should be working on is mobility. And mobility is not stretching. It's So stretching, you're working on the length of a muscle. You're trying to increase the length of a muscle belly. And mobility is the joint's range of motion. So you could sit and do that sit and reach stretch that we've all done in PE class. And you're working on hamstring flexibility. But that is not necessarily going to help you become a better runner and prevent injuries. You ideally want to work on your joints range of motion with those joints that feel more stiff. So in terms of running movement patterns, joints that tend to get more stiff are your thoracic spine or your mid-back and your hips tend to get more stiff and your ankles tend to get more stiff. Now, not every runner should be doing mobility. Because if you're hypermobile or you have a ton of mobility, say you were a cheerleader, a dancer, a gymnast, you don't necessarily need more mobility. You don't need to go to end range with your joints to be able to run efficiently. So don't confuse the two. But majority of runners do need to work on mobility. So this will look like a dynamic warm up in the beginning before you run. And then a post run mobility routine as well where you're also just flowing through that range of motion and you're not necessarily sitting there and holding a stretch for 45 seconds to a minute. Moving on, number three is fuel. And it's funny how I look back on my running journey because I used to wake up and run without a single thing in my stomach and I cannot believe that I did that. And I always felt like crap And I always just blamed it on it being early in the morning, even though I would start shaking and have this brain fog and just feel like my blood sugar was just plummeting because it was. And it was just a terrible feeling. So I really, really believe if you fuel appropriately at the right time, you can take your running from good to great. Now, this is going to include playing around with The different types of fuel that you use and making sure that it settles well in your stomach. I really, really like the UCAN gels during a run. I really like applesauce before a run or a waffle and peanut butter before a run. Something where you're getting quick carbs in and not a lot of fiber in as well. And most distance runners really, really have to focus on just getting enough calories in, getting enough carbs, proteins, and fats in so you can decrease that risk for injury because your body is not going to be fragile. It's not going to be weak. You're having enough calories, enough fuel in your body so the muscles can repair appropriately and that will help decrease your risk for injury. But remember, I'm a physical therapist. I'm not a dietitian. So, I encourage you to talk with a dietitian that is maybe has an expertise in working with runners, not a nutritionist, but a dietitian, because it's just not my scope. So, I'm going to leave that there. The next area for injury prevention is kind of easier said than done, and that's just making sure that you're getting enough sleep. So, sleep is specifically like REM sleep, so that deep sleep is where your muscles recover and how they repair. So if you're not getting enough sleep, your muscles aren't going to be able to recover and repair, and that's going to increase your risk for injury. But also, as you increase your mileage or your effort, you're going to require more sleep. So don't be surprised if, you know, in the middle of a training cycle, where your mileage is pretty high compared to your normal, that you have to sleep more. That is perfectly fine. I just really recommend that you listen to your body and do make sure that you are getting enough sleep. It is recommended in the research that you do get eight to nine hours of sleep while you're in peak training, which might feel a little crazy, but that just shows it's that important in terms of that muscle repair and recovery. I will note that since I switched to running in zone two, my sleep is, it has changed a lot. It has really, really changed because I remember when I would increase my mileage to pretty much anything close to 20 miles a week or more than 20 miles a week, I would literally have to be in bed asleep at 8.30 because otherwise I would just fall asleep on the couch. Like 8.30 30. At that time, I would just pass out and go to sleep because that's how tired I was. And I really think that's because I wasn't running in zone two. My efforts were always pretty high. So I was just exhausted. My body was just exhausted. And since running in zone two... And increasing my mileage to more than 20 miles a week, I'm now noticing that. I mean, this is a small change, but it is pretty important. But I'm noticing that I don't need as much sleep. Like, I still need the eight hours, but before I needed like nine during the uh, peak training cycle so now I need more eight and I expect that to go up as my mileage goes up but it just shows that as you increase your effort or your mileage you are going to be required to sleep more but don't be surprised if when you're training in zone two you don't feel as tired which is pretty cool. Next up we have stress and stress is always that little thing in the research that is always popping up for injury prevention, especially with an athlete who has a history of injuries. Because the crazy thing about stress is it just can cause so many different diseases and injuries. And I find that crazy because I don't think we focus on it enough. And I think, in fact, we like to make our lives better busier as a whole. And that just increases our stress even more. I mean, I know I like to do that. I love piling things on my plate. Even if I'm stressed, I'll just say, oh, well, I'll get them done. Even if I can just feel my anxiety rising or my stress really high and just feeling overwhelmed. So it's something that I know I've been working on. And it's something that really just basically plays a role in how your nervous system is working. Ideally, when you're not running, you're not working out, you're not doing anything crazy, your body should be at that homeostasis, which means it's in a relaxed state. Your nerves are calm, but if you're always stressed, your nervous system is going to be more in that sympathetic nervous system. You remember the fight or flight. Your nerves are going to be more hyperactive, and things just aren't going to be able to remain calm, and basically, that just increases your risk for injury and a ton of different other diseases. <laughs> I know last year, I there was a point where I was so stressed, and I, I couldn't even tell you why, which is hilarious, but I was so stressed out and overwhelmed that I was getting double vision, and it was really scary, and it would come on basically out of nowhere, And it would be to the point, it wasn't like I was, you know, drunk or tipsy double vision. It was like I had to close my eyes and sit down because if I opened my eyes, the world was spinning and I I honestly couldn't see anything. And it would come on if I was walking my dog or at work and it was really, really scary. So I went to the doctor, I explained everything, got a full eye exam And it just came down to stress, which is so crazy. So if you are stressed and you're having crazy symptoms, I really encourage you to work on managing your stress. I know for me, journaling and meditating and also just saying no to opportunities that do not serve you has changed my life. And I really encourage you to try that, make sure you're managing your stress and don't take that lightly. Next up, we have working on your running form. And this is something that I think has just been pretty much neglected on social media. It's pretty much neglected if you go to a PT clinic, if you're injured. And it's something that is kind of mind-blowing and it might be because you don't necessarily learn all about running form when you're in PT school and it does take a higher degree or more of an expertise to really work on running form to its full full aspect because it is a full, running is a full body movement. So if you're working on running form, I'm sure you've heard just different cues or different tips or random drills to try and they can help, but they're not looking at the full body And that's what I think is pretty cool when you actually look at how your entire body works as a unit when you're running, how your head controls your trunk, and your trunk controls your leg swing, and your arms control your legs, and it's just really, really cool how all of that works together. So working on your running form can decrease your risk for overuse injuries basically by decreasing the amount of load or force from the ground that goes into your body or your tissues. So think about overuse injuries. We always think about the training plan, which is very important, but it's not the full story. Because if you're having these overuse injuries and you're continuing to get injured every time you increase mileage or speed, but you're also increasing your mileage or speed at a pretty slow pace to where it's like, oh, you're sticking to you know that 10% rule and your strength training as well, Then what else is going on? And that's where people can say, oh, just can you continue to strength train, or maybe you're not made to be a runner? You know, I've heard that all the time. It's really sad. And it really could just come down to tweaking and improving your running form. If you are able to improve your running form, you're able to run more efficient. And according to the research, if you're an efficient runner, which means you're able to run faster with less fatigue, so your body is working as a unit, it's working for you, then you'll be able to perform better and decrease your risk for injury. And that is backed up by the research. I just don't think it's talked about enough because people don't necessarily know where to start or they try the random cues like shorten your stride or pump your arms, which you know, of course you should be pumping your arms. But you really just need a full body approach and that is exactly why I made Running Form Academy. And Running Form Academy is a six-step blueprint. It was not something that was made overnight. It was actually four years in the making and one year to put together to make sure that you can work on your running form and improve your running form from this full body approach, but also you can learn about how to improve your running form and then implement it. So I encourage you to check out Running Form Academy and get inside, see all the modules inside and how they can help you improve your running and decrease your risk for overuse injuries. And last but not least, we have making sure your training schedule is made for you. So I know in the past I've used cookie cutter training schedules, but I really think that, you know, whether you work with a run coach or not, you want to make sure that you have a training schedule that works for you, for your lifestyle, for your schedule, for your injuries, for your body, for your race as well, and your running goals. I know I said I've used cookie cutter running um training plans, but really I've taken them and I've used them to a T. I followed them, you know, just like that says, and I actually ended up injured. So the second time around, I tweaked it and I made it more for my schedule and my body and what I thought I could handle based on my running goals. And that made a really big difference. So I think you know, I just mentioned that increasing your mileage by 10%, what if you still get injured? But a lot of the time, we are increasing our mileage by more than 10% when we're in training. And research actually backs up that we can increase our mileage by up to 20% every week. So total weekly mileage can be increased by up to 20% every single week before you really triple your chance for increasing your risk for injury. So keep that in mind. But you do want to personalize your training plan. You want to make sure it's working for you. You want to make sure that you're following that 80-20 rule where 80% of your runs are easier and then 20% of your runs are that harder effort. And I think that's going to really help make sure that you are able to decrease your risk for injury. So in conclusion, even if you do all these things, you could still get injured. Little disclaimer there because running is a sport. But I do think if you include all of these things this year and really work on all of these different aspects, you can improve your running. You can become a great runner, an efficient runner, and also just decrease your risk for injury make sure that you don't overcomplicate these. Make sure you get the tools and resources if you need help. It's always best to do that than to try it on your own with all the really bad information that's out there on social media or on the internet. It's always best to just go to the expert. I hope that helps and I'll see you next time. Bye.